It's your boy T.O. as you know. Not here with uh, a rain. Uh, real name, no games, no gimmicks. Uh, but it's the favorite podcast. You want to stop shop for everything TV, media, and film, along with any other goddamn thing we want to talk about. Coming to you live direct, proof of concept studios, Baltimore City. What is up with you? What's going on? How you feeling? What are you doing? What's going on? How you feeling? What's going on? Doing? Feeling? What's going on? Okay, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I'm just babbling. <laughs> How are y'all doing out there? The four people who watch the show. <laughs> uh, as you can see, uh, Arane Real Names, No Gimmicks. No Games, No Gimmicks is, uh, is, is not here with me. He was having uh, some technical difficulties uh in that uh we had a we had a storm here in baltimore or i guess close to baltimore uh for him uh and it seemed to have knocked out his interwebs so uh he was not able to join us tonight but we will press on and he he actually still might be able to hop in a little later uh so we'll we'll kind of see how that goes um uh, but yeah, we'll just we'll kind of keep it pushing for now. Um, I still want to get some content out there to y'all's uh, have some sort of regularity with the show. Uh, so uh, so, yeah, it's just me, just the tune day hour. Uh, so I'm going to try to get my audio right here. Whoops. That is not what I wanted. What is happening? How do I change this? What am I doing? All right. Don't know what that was about, but yeah. Um, let's see here. I'm trying to change my audio because I can kind of hear myself and I'm trying not to hear myself is what well, I'm trying to do. Here we go. Here we go. All right. We're back on track. Okay. We are back on track. All right, ladies and gentlemen, how's it going out there? Um, a lot happening in the film and TV world these days. Uh, you know, it's a crazy world out there. Uh, you know, I was just looking at the movies uh, coming out um, like this week and next week. I usually do the segment this week, next week. And, and it kind of started as, you know, what movies um, that are coming out this week, next week that we are interested in. Um, and then it kind of expanded to just general things happening this week and next week. But as I kind of look at things happening this week, next week, man, look, the release window for 2020 or 2021 or other, all sorts of fucked up, dude, all sorts of fucked up because, uh, obviously because of COVID last year, um, uh, just, a, you know, a lot of, yeah, whoops. So that happened again. All right, y'all bear with me here. Hold on. Hold on. There we go. There we go. Okay. All right. Seem to be back. <laughs> this night is going great. It's going great right now. Um... Anywho, uh, a lot of things, as I was talking about, a lot of things going on with COVID, uh, obviously last year. So that shut down a lot of productions and a lot of productions just have kind of been in limbo because of COVID. Uh, and uh, and so the release window has been all sorts of fucked up uh, with with, you know, us getting kind of weeks on end without there being actually new and exciting releases, at least national releases. Right. That. Um, that we're really pumped about each and every week, uh, which is kind of what we're used to, right? We're used to, especially during the summer and fall months, uh, we're definitely used to like there being something every week that it's like, oh, this movie's coming out, that movie's coming out, yada, yada. Uh, but for uh, for our post, or not even post, during COVID world, um, that seems to have been, you know, made extremely different that, you know, you might go a couple of weeks without really having some, high profile releases that uh that that are that are truly truly worth 
uh, noteworthy. But also, too, it might be just kind of a call to arms to just watch smaller films, you know, that might not get watched otherwise, but neither here nor there. I say all that to say um, that, yeah, not a lot's happening <laughs> both this week and next week uh, as far as movies coming out. Um we are getting a movie uh, next week uh, that I'm going to talk about here in, a se- in just a sec. But to get it popping with our this week next week segment, uh, I'm going to talk about something that is being released. It's kind of just like a kind of a re-release, if you if you ask me, because we kind of already got uh, we already got this. I think from I want to say it was from Hulu, unless I'm mistaken with that. But we 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 got a Britney Spears documentary with Hulu uh, that. Uh, you know, sort of went through the conservator, uh, conservatorship, I believe that's what, what they call it, um, and all the troubles that she's had with that, uh, you know, uh, and if you don't know what the story is, basically Britney Spears, uh, uh, I guess sometime either during the 2000s or the 2010s, she uh, had a conservatorship or whatever the fuck that word is uh, for her, I guess, state or for her own persons. I don't know. Um, but, uh, uh, which happened to be her dad. Uh, it turns out her dad's kind of a piece of shit. Uh, and so, um, and so, yeah, it just turned into that. She can't really control her own life. Basically he controls her life for, uh, for her because the courts apparently decided that she was not fit to control her own life. Anyways, uh, the New York times made a documentary, which I believe got put out. I think it was on Hulu. It might've been either Hulu or Amazon prime. I'm pretty sure it was Hulu. Um, and, uh, and it got everybody talking about, uh, about her situation, uh, and sort of where her life was at. Uh, and so Netflix, uh, not one to be upstaged, uh, uh, has come out with their own documentary, Britney versus Spears, uh, is, is their documentary, which basically they talk about the same shit. Uh, <laughs> um, and, and what I find really interesting about, this, which I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure that this particular documentary doesn't, uh, it does the same exact thing that the other documentary doesn't do, which is, uh, it doesn't actually have Britney Spears talking <laughs> in terms of like her talking, um, uh, uh, you know, about her scenario and, and about her situation. Um, I guess partly because she probably can't because, you know, maybe, you know, her father, you know, whoever uh is keeping her from talking about it um but also it might be because she doesn't want to talk about it. i don't know I, I don't know i don't know um but uh but this is kind of why i didn't necessarily care for the the hulu doc uh documentary because they presented a lot of interesting questions as far as her situation goes but they don't really they didn't really like dig into any of like okay like what are the actual solutions or or or, or like they posed a lot of questions, but and framed them in a particular way, but didn't really get to like the heart of the question, you know, um, like, so for instance, they, they kind of set it up where her relationship with like Justin Timberlake and how he was considered to be like the, the jock the, that was jilted by, you know, Britney Spears, who was supposed to be sort of, you know, the person cheating on him and, and all this, you know, and, and basically they're like, well, he was a dick for sort of how he, he left her high and dry uh, when it came to that. But what was weird about it is, is that like, well, n- neither of them seemed to like talk about it there thereafter. Right. Uh, and so we don't really like know what happened there. So everything is just pieced together from other people who aren't really even directly like, you know, who weren't directly involved. And so a lot of that seemed to happen during the course of the, the, the trailer. Um, or during the course of the the documentary, which, you know, I don't know, I thought was weird, but whatevs. Uh, so anyways, that's coming out <laughs> uh, soon. Uh, uh, a trailer just dropped for that. Uh, so Britney versus Spears on Netflix. Uh, and in other news, uh, so and again, th- this this segment just kind of just go through random stuff that I'm seeing that 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 we're talking about this week uh, as well as next Um or, you know, film and TV related that, that are happening this week, uh, or a bit of news that has come out this week, rather. Uh, so it turns out for, for Blade Runner um, that there are two, there are basically two people who are, are put in charge of keeping the, the canon straight for the Blade Runner IP. Uh, and so uh, 
so for those who are interested, uh, the, the Blade Runner, um, obviously this uh, sci-fi uh, saga um, that that is set in sort of like a, this cyberpunk sort of um, society, you know, uh, and and you know, there's the question of like replicants uh, who are Blade Runner is kind of a complicated story, but anyways, um, it's interesting because uh, the um Alcon uh, Entertainment uh owns the IP to Blade Runner so it's basically their job to uh you know that they they can you know have a hand obviously in in producing the content for Blade Runner and so what they said was that they basically they they appointed two people specifically in charge of keeping everything sort of in line and straight as far as like the logic behind it and the motivations behind the characters and and all this good jazz which i thought was fucking dope now what immediately popped into my mind was perhaps maybe and i'm pretty sure they probably do have somebody like this uh but you know uh i'm sure fans of of the series uh or or the the property would beg to differ but uh one might say that that might be that they could do the same thing for star wars right because a large complaint was of you know people um uh, of fans of the you know star wars was saying basically that you know the motivations of the characters actions just didn't fall in line with you know, both with the sequels that came out, uh, as well as just what Star Wars is historically, that a lot of the the motivations were just off, you know, and, and a lot of the continuity was just not there necessarily. Um, and so I just thought that was interesting um, because Blade Runner is a really sort of complex story and it, it would behoove them to try to keep everything straight. Uh, but, but the reason why... Um, the reason why they were even talking about that is because Blade Runner is actually coming out with uh, Blade Runner Black Lotus, which I believe is going to be premiering on, um, uh, I think, Adult Swim uh, on the Cartoon Network. Uh, it looks like it's a, the 13 episode debut season of Blade Runner Black Lotus will begin its run in late 2021, which I believe, again, that it's uh, that it's the Cartoon Network that uh, that, that it's going to be showing on uh, specifically Adult Swim. Um, thought that was interesting, but moving on. Uh, and then I saw uh, a trailer for Passing, which is um Rebecca Hall's actually first uh first project. Um, and uh, so obviously it's it's her direct uh, directorial debut, and basically what it has to do with is uh, she is. Uh, they're telling a story of, um, I guess, a, a black woman from back in, I don't know, the 1920s or something like that. Uh, and uh, she's she has a friend and her friend, I believe, can pass as white uh, while um, this woman um, who's played by Tessa Thompson uh, is, is obviously black and 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 or she's light skinned. Um, but obviously black nonetheless. Uh, and so anyways, so it tells that, uh, tells this story of, of sort of them relating to one another and uh, sort of the dynamics of, of that particular relationship with someone who uh, they're both black, but one of them can pass as white in, in 1920s America. You could imagine uh, is uh, there, there's, there's no shortage of, of avenues to explore there. Um, but what I, what I wanted to kind of ruminate on, if you'll, if you'll indulge me, is uh the idea that and i've been thinking about this a lot lately that whenever you have these and now um and and i believe this movie this particular movie is based off of a novel right um uh a novel by nella uh larson um and obviously rebecca hall is um if it's a Rebecca Hall, I'm I'm sure I I I know of. Uh, she's white, um, so it's interesting that um, that she's making this story or, or she's directing this this particular film. But uh, what's what I've always found sort of um, interesting is that telling when black stories get told they're always told sort of with the overarching shadow or not always, but 
more often than not, it feels like to me they're told with still the overarching lens of or, or filter, if you will, of their of black and white, you know, um, or um, at, at least to some degree. And I, you know, feel free to bash me in the head if I, you know, if I'm grossly wrong about that. But it just feels like whenever we see, you know, especially a story that gets some sort of notor- uh, some sort of push in the media and it, and it's a it's supposed to be quote unquote a black story it seems like that's kind of just always the case like you know um uh you know where's our stories with predominantly black characters or from a black person's point of view that have absolutely nothing to do with black or white that it's just a story you know that's being told um, and I understand that race is, you know, it's clearly an issue in a, in a, um, one might even say one of the main issues here, uh, in, in America, but all, all, all things being even, there are plenty of stories out there that have nothing to do with, with being, uh, with, with through the lens of whiteness versus blackness or whatever the case is. Um, and it, I just, I don't know, like, I just, like, I want to. And it might just be my own ignorance, right? Like maybe I'm just not searching for those stories or giving um, giving breath to those stories uh, enough. Give me one sec here. I've got my uh, my trusty uh, sidekick here uh, who's who's calling. Give me one sec to speak with him. I shall return. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back from the quiet storm. Uh, so yeah, uh, sorry about that. Uh, Rain was just, uh, he was still de- dealing with some technical difficulties. Uh, so we were just trying to work it out for him to, uh, to, to be able to hop into the show. So he might, again, he might hop in uh, a little later. We'll see, we'll see, we'll see. Um, but anyways, uh, as I was talking about, I don't know, man. I don't know. And again, uh, if you're watching this and you're, you know, uh, uh, saying, oh, this guy's an idiot. He doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. And he needs to check this, this, this and that out. Feel free, you know, to, to send me some links to, you know, uh, show me some films that I'm not watching that um, are, are told from a black person's point of view, but don't have anything to do with 
doesn't have anything to do with white people <laughs> uh, or at least, you know, not not excluding white people necessarily, but not necessarily having the story in some form or fashion relating to black people versus white people, <laughs> you know, that's just a person telling their story, you know, um, and obviously a lot of stories have a lot to do with black and whiteness. But um, but th- there are stories out there that everybody experiences that has little to nothing to do with uh explicitly with uh blackness white first whiteness anyways thought i'd mention that but i'm sure passing will be a very fine movie i might even check it out uh when it when it drops um but anyways moving on to next week that was this week uh moving on the next week uh the movie coming out that that obviously is is being looked at super hard uh or that i'll look at super hard is the many saints of newark now i'm going to I think I'm going to have a conversation about David Chase, who obviously is the creator of The Sopranos and The Many Saints of Newark is the prequel to The Sopranos in which it delves into a very young uh, Tony Soprano uh, and his up and comings. Uh, So David Chase, obviously, it came out, I think, last week or maybe not. Obviously, I don't know why I just said that reflected reflexively, but he. uh, There's articles that came out last week that talked about how he hates streaming or hates the fact that the many saints of Newark gone to streaming uh, through HBO max. And yeah, so we'll, we'll talk about that a little later, but I'm very much f- uh, looking forward to the many saints of Newark. I don't think, I, I don't think I have too much expectations for it simply because uh, I remember checking out, what is it? El Camino. Um, it was the, uh, it was the follow up to breaking bad. And, uh, it was the, like, I think like an hour long thing that, that, that was done. Um, uh, that was sort of, again, uh, the follow up to breaking bad. And that was on Netflix, if I'm not mistaken. And I just remember thinking, oh, this is, we very much not needed. We didn't, this is, <laughs> we could have just left the whole thing where it was. This is, uh, this added nothing to what, uh, what I thought of the series or it was just kind of a big bowl of nothing. And so I'm hoping that the many saints of Newark isn't that, but I remember being very excited to watch El Camino just because I don't know, was thinking it was going to be one thing when it wasn't. And so I think the idea here is not to put that much weight on the many saints of Newark and just kind of let it be its own thing, you know? And I think that's the, the correct way to approach these sort of, uh, uh, sort of follow-ups to th- these great shows um, is to really not have too much expectations for them <laughs> or too many expectations. Um, but, but anyways, uh, w- one thing that I, I wanted to talk about super quick before I get into some other, other stuff. Uh, I watched the what if episode today and it was what if like Thor, I don't know. It was the episode with Thor. It was the, what if I think episode seven, either seven or eight, one of those two um, that just came out today. <sighs> This series is interesting because it's got a lot of ups and a lot of downs. Uh, It's very confusing. This particular episode was, for me, at least a down because I could see what they were kind of going for with this sort of lighthearted and spoiler alerts, I guess, for anybody uh, who hasn't watched it yet. But uh, this sort of lighthearted story of Thor. What if Thor was an only child? And, you know, he's kind of just this party dude who uh, really isn't concerned with, you know, doing shit except for just party, you know, Uh, and it it just was stupid. Uh, If I'm I'm being blunt, it was just stupid. It it wasn't... (laughs) And so anyways, uh, talking about the series overall, it, it's, it's been a super mixed bag uh, of, of g- a lot of good things, but then a lot of like, all right, cool, cool, cool. Uh, what else you got me sort of things where it's just like, yeah, that was, that was I, right, not, not that great. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my basic uh, run through real quick of, of the latest what if episode is that is just, <sighs> with with each episode it felt like it was getting progressively better and this episode was like a distinct deviation from that it it, it's as if this episode should have been at like the beginning of the series and somehow it got put towards like the towards the end of the series uh because each episode i felt like was getting better than than the one that preceded it and 
this one was uh, uh, at least for me it was a complete regression um in that it just wasn't really interesting uh i, I didn't really care you know um uh it, it talked a lot about how like the, the thor had a different dynamic with everybody um and obviously you know it he basically it was like almost like a he wanted to say Ferris Bueller, but that doesn't feel like a proper comparison. But it was just like you know this this, this dude who who like you know his parent parents leave for the weekend, so he goes and parties, and the house is in ruin, and then they're about to come back home, and he has to clean up real quick before they get back. And that was the basic story of it. And it was just, and then Captain Marvel was kind of like shoehorned in there, you know, and that felt kind of awkward, or not not even awkward, but just like felt like it was a little forced i don't know it just was not not marvel's best work um but whatever i don't think they have to hit us with their best they just have to hit us with something i suppose uh they can coast for a while uh they're still coasting off the fumes i think of uh of of endgame and obviously the pandemic didn't do them any favors as far as you know the whole rollout of of all of these things but to me the the what if series has been kind of the down part of these sort of um uh, batch of series that we've we've gotten to me it, this has been sort of like the nah this, they, they kind of missed the mark with this one WandaVision kind of bordered on that but not you know I feel like WandaVision if you just accept WandaVision for what it is and, and ignore all of the sort of uh, theories and things like that uh, from the show then I feel like WandaVision was much more enjoyable but what if to me it just wasn't it's just not terribly terribly interesting um but uh but yeah maybe that's just me uh anywho uh we are going to get into this uh these here trailers uh so we're going to react to a few trailers here uh this first one uh of course is you know uh halloween kills uh this is the final trailer for Halloween Kills. Uh, I don't need to do the synopsis for fucking Halloween Kills. Michael Myers shows up and starts murking dudes. That's the basis of the story, okay? That's <laughs> all we need to know from the premise. Uh, this, of course, is uh, the follow-up to, uh, I think, 2019's Halloween, which is essentially a continuation of uh, the the Laurie Strode uh, universe um, when it comes to Michael Myers and uh it was good man i really liked it uh i thought it was uh, i thought it was a good nice it was it was a nice individual story uh is what i really liked about it uh and not so much of the other sequels can you really say that about that halloween h2 was was all right but still super campy Uh, um halloween resurrection was just god awful in, in pretty much every conceivable way and uh rob zombies was just i don't know i i don't know if i i I it's just gory uh so anyways so uh, halloween uh, the one that they came out with a couple years ago i felt like was was just a really good story i didn't figure that they would turn it into a trilogy but apparently they've they're that's what they're doing um so we'll see if if halloween kills is any good anyways it's directed by david gordon green written by green as well as uh danny mcbride scott teams thames teams i don't know uh and of course stars uh jamie lee curtis judy greer anthony michael hall will Patton, and is due out october 15th of this here year of our lord um so with all that being said let's go ahead and check out halloween kills the final trailer hey what are you guys doing out here it's Halloween. We've been trick-or-treating. Are you alone? There's a creepy man in a white mask. Where? And he keeps, like, trying to play hide-and-seek with us. Where did you see him? Look! Run! Go home now! Set the fire. No one told you. <gasps> told me what? Michael Myers is alive. A man couldn't have survived that fire. 
40 years ago, the boogeyman came for us. We are the survivors of Michael Myers. Lori, what do we do? We fight. Mom, our family will kill him. We're gonna hunt him down and we're gonna put an end to this. He is not gonna stop killing until we stop him. If you track Michael's victims, that's a straight line to Michael's childhood home. coming for me, but I'm coming for him. Hills final trailer. Um, I'm a sucker for all things Halloween, uh, just because I grew up on the Halloween movies. Uh, so it's rare that one comes out that I'm not like at least going to check it out. You know, uh, I don't think that the story that they told in the first uh, sort of rebirth of the the Halloween series, I don't think that first story was conducive to like another story because i feel like they kind of covered most of the areas that you would think that you know were were the interesting parts uh of what what would be a post michael myers uh potential <laughs> hunting you know uh, of him hunting you you know uh and so they showed a really sort of fucked up Lori strode where her life was just terrible she you know was kind of paranoid who could fucking blame her you know <laughs> um but i don't know i don't feel like that story was necessarily terribly conducive to a new another story being being told on top of that uh and so i don't expect too much out of this particular movie but we're getting in nonetheless, so fuck it. I'll check it out. You know, uh, you know what else I wanted? It's October. You know, it comes out October fifteenth. Now it is interesting. I saw that that it's coming out on Peacock. That's interesting. That's really interesting. Um, not surprising, obviously, but interesting, uh, especially since I think Universal. I think Universal did uh, did you know uh, does the uh, Halloween movies, um, and I, I I thought they were gonna you know they they would keep a movie like this in theaters, but. Uh, but yeah, they're they're gonna put this out on Peacock, uh, which is interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know. It looked okay. It looked okay. Just okay. I, I suppose it, the interesting aspect uh, is like, what if like the entire fucking town is like hunting Michael? You know, <laughs> fuck a fire. Let's just get a mob uh, after him and you know pull him from limb to limb. You know, maybe I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I don't know. Uh, because it's like, fuck it. Like, let's just chain his ass up and then fucking just everybody, you know, fucking just takes their shots at fucking Michael Myers, you know, in the center of the fucking town um, where he can't sneak up on anybody that, you know, we've got him, you know, uh, fucking we're broadcasting his 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 trial on TV and shit. Um, yeah, I don't know. Anyways, uh, I Halloween kills. I'm sure that'll be uh, at least vaguely interesting. So I'll check it out. And I'm, I'm just a sucker for all things Halloween. So we'll make that happen. Um, moving on here um, to our second trailer. Uh, we have American Underdog, which is uh, the story of NFL MVP and Hall of Fame quarterback Kurt Warner, um, who went from stocking shelves at a supermarket to becoming an uh, American football star. Uh, and it's directed by, uh, Andrew and John Irwin and directed, um, I'm sorry. And, uh, written by, uh, uh, David Aaron Cohen, as well as John Irwin and John Gunn and stars, uh, Zachary Levy, uh, Anna, uh, Paquin, Dennis Quaid, and Adam uh, Adam Baldwin and is due out December twenty fifth, Christmas Day. 
oh how wholesome uh of of again this year uh so yeah let's go ahead and check out american underdog Wanted to see me, sir. Sit down, Kurt. Thank you, Coach. I prefer a stand. All right. Go ahead, then. Tell me. Tell you what? Why a team worth $800 million, one of the most complex offenses ever built, should put you in the driver's seat. You're too old to be a rookie, too green to be a pro. So why in the world would I give you this shot? All my life, I've defined myself through sports. I've always come up empty. Coach, I can win for you. You need to start thinking about life after football, son. We gave you the chance. We're letting you go. I was meant for something. Something more. You think you could be that guy? Yeah, I do. What are you doing here? I wasn't ready for it, but I am now. You defied all odds. I've waited for it. I've bled for it. I know who I am, and I know why I'm here. If you give me a chance... Green went down hard and is not getting up. I will not let you down. about you, son. Destiny belongs to the underdogs. You want to prove that? All right. American underdog. Uh, the story of Kurt Warner. Um... Yeah, that looked a little too wholesome for my taste, uh, and maybe a little bit too much CGI for my usual beat. But fuck it, it's, it's a story about Kurt Warner, you know. Who doesn't like Kurt Warner? It's cool, dude. Uh, for those who don't know, yeah, Kurt Warner. I mean, what the fucking trailer pretty much summed everything up. He went from, uh, you know, basically stocking shelves and shit to, and I think he played in the either Canadian Football League or. I don't know some other football league he he played in and uh, maybe arena I think maybe it was arena football league I don't know um, but uh, but anyways he ended up uh, he was on the Packers uh, as Brett Favre's backup or at least maybe one of his backups um, and uh, then I've you know apparently he got cut from there went to the uh, L.A. Rams uh, and uh, um. Trent Green, right? Trent Green. Does that sound right? Trent Green. Who was the Rams quarterback at that time? Fuck. If only Rain was here to talk about his goddamn <laughs> his goddamn team. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it was Trent Green. I, I might have that wrong. Don't shoot me if I do. Um, Trent Green went down with an injury and Kurt Warner got put in as the backup and everybody thought, oh, here's this old ass dude who's not going to do shit. And then what does he do? He just fucking makes the greatest show on turf with him. Um, oh God, what are their names? Uh, the receivers, uh, fucking keep wanting to say Bruce Smith. That's not right. I'm terrible with names by the way. So, uh, if you haven't gotten that picture by now, then of course you get it now. (laughs) Uh, I'm terrible with names. Uh, but, uh, uh, Fudge. Uh, now it's going to bother me. Now, uh, let me see. Greatest show on turf. Uh, but Marshall Falk was a part of that team. I know that much at least. Uh, but the receivers are escaping me at the moment. Um, let's see. Isaac Bruce Tory Holt. That's who I wanted to say. Uh, that's, that's their names. Isaac Bruce. I know there's a Bruce somewhere in there, but... Uh, Anyways, um, yeah, great story, you know, great story. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Looked a tad bit hallmarkish 
for my taste, but fuck it. Do you need a feel-good story every now and then that you know is trying to tug at your heartstrings and doesn't exactly do it, but you kind of let it anyways. And so this is one of those those movies that it feels like for me. And uh, uh, shout out to Kurt Warner, man. That's, that's a pretty dope fucking story, an inspiring story, you know, to hear him going from basically, you know, going from nothing. Although it's, it's a very American thing, right? Is like the exceptional ones, right? That... You know that he just he just had that something about him that just made him persevere and he rose above everything and he was able to make it and I feel like that dream sold to everybody even though distinctly here in America that story's not going to happen for pretty much everybody so uh, it's a story that that gets sold and resold uh, at premium prices but is distinctly kind of just not true for everybody. <laughs> the same story is not going to, not going to happen forever. Anyway. Anyways, um, not to be a bit downer there. Great story for Kurt Warner. Um, I doubt if I'm going to, you know, sit in a the theater and, and watch this on Christmas day, but, uh, maybe I'll see you some other time. I don't know. Uh, just not on Christmas. Uh, anywho, um, let's move on to our third story here. Look, let's talk about bond. We're talking about all things, bond here okay so um what's interesting is so and i'm gonna i'm gonna we were just talking about football right and one of the things uh about football right now uh my team is of course the green bay packers uh anybody who knows me knows this uh and our starting quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, had a whole big offseason thing in which he was debating potentially not returning to the team. And in the, you know, the, the, at the, at, at the, close to the stroke of midnight, uh, he, he had a reverse of heart and decided he wanted to play, uh, you know, with the team, with a potential divorce happening at the end of this particular season. Um, and, so the first game comes and we fall flat on our face, gets get blown out by the, the New Orleans Saints, right? Now, the media basically at that point, essentially, they were questioning Rodgers uh, and Rodgers, his commitment to the team saying, ah, I think he's pretty much already checked out, at least some in the media, right? Maybe maybe it's not fair to say all the media, but some in the media, right? Uh, you know, maybe he's not all in for the team. Maybe he's kind of looking ahead, yada, yada. Right. And so Rogers had some interesting comments basically about them after the second game in which we won. Um, and basically saying, you know, uh, it's nice to kind of stick it to them because you know, the, 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 the trolls, if you will, um, because they don't have any insight into how I'm feeling, but yet they decide that they want to basically speak on how I'm feeling, even though they don't fucking know that firsthand. Right. So the reason why I tell this big yarn is because um, that's what this uh, issue of bond reminded me of when I saw the headlines. When you see the headlines, it it says something that's not actually the case. So when you read the headlines that um, like some of the headlines read uh, Daniel Craig thinks women deserve more than a woman led film. That's actually a pretty good um I guess, description of, uh, of, of what, uh, Daniel Craig actually said, but, uh, a lot of the, a lot of the headline says, uh, Daniel Craig addresses whether new James Bond should be a woman. Daniel Craig's comments on a female James Bond might surprise you. Daniel Craig believes James Bond should not be a woman. What that screams to you is, uh, is that Daniel Craig is saying, fuck women, they should not be bond because bonds awesome and women are not. That's essentially like kind of what those, what those, uh, headlines sort of speak to, uh, you know, uh, kind of infer, I, I guess, if you will, at least that's the kind of the light that, at least to me, maybe, maybe I'm wrong about that interpretation, but that's, that's how I feel about some of those headlines. But when you investigate it and you realize what Daniel Craig actually said, it's kind of hard not to agree with them, at least, uh, you know, uh, to some degree. Um, so instead of 
thinking or guessing about what he says. I'm just going to read what he actually says. So and this is an article from the AV Club. Um, and I, I I don't know who, let me try to see who he was actually having this conversation with. No time to uh, start doing Craig. Bit of teary. Well, as another iconic answer. Uh, Craig says in an interview with Radio Times. So he was doing an interview with Radio Times in which he uh, is talking about this. Uh, as other iconic film franchise uh, franchises have brought women leads for previously male-led roles uh, to very successful Ghostbusters, Ocean's uh, 8, and soon uh, Indiana Jones, uh, the conversation around a woman bond uh, has arisen yet again. Um, however, Daniel Craig thinks there should be a well-written uh, there should be well-written roles created with women and uh, POC people of color in mind specifically versus bringing them into the fold now. So he says specifically, the answer to that is very simple. Um, there should simply be better parts for women and actors of color. Why should a woman play Bond when there should be a part just as good as Bond for a woman, but for a woman? So what he's essentially saying there is, is pretty plain. What he's saying is, is that, look, instead of there being uh, instead of you repackaging Bond as like a woman and then having that be the case, why not just write a dope fucking part for a woman, you know, and have that role be its own thing separate from Bond. Now, I don't know how people feel about this at large. I'm not sure if anybody, oh, I'm sure there are some people who give a shit, but where I sort of come down on it is I think he is partially right. And where I say he's partially right is I think, I think it shouldn't matter whether Bond's a, a man or a woman. And what I, I, what I, what I mean by that is I think if you're, if you're looking at the bigger impact of having a woman bond, it doesn't like who gives a shit like, okay, you make bond a woman. Okay. I, neither here nor there on that. I don't, I don't really care about that. Feel free to do that if, if that's what you want to do. Um, but I, what I can agree with him is in the sense of th- that's not, if you're thinking you're solving a problem, then you're, you're not, you're, you're not solving a problem for one. The, the problem with making Bond a, a woman in uh, is the fucking 50 some odd years, 60 some odd years, whatever however Bond's been a fucking franchise. You have all of that history and then suddenly like that Bond's a woman and everything that we know about the characters is essentially flipped on his head. The, the main tenets of Bond is that um, he goes and kills people and he womanizes uh, he's a, he's a womanizer. That's it. That's, those are the two tent poles. When you talk about James Bond is that he's an international spy and, um, and he, uh, he just sleeps with a lot of women and then you promptly don't see them in the series again after that. Uh, and, and I, maybe Daniel Craig's bond is, is a little bit different in that they've kind of made it more of a story, cohesive story than at least other bonds, uh, have historically been. Um, but you have all of that history. So it's, it's impossible to divorce that history from whatever should come after it it'd be different if we saw a progression in bond's character over the decades right if we see if we see the evolution of this character go from being just this international spy who kills people uh and a womanizer to being uh, a more sort of nuanced character who uh who has to grapple with this or that right um, the, the, the problem is we, he doesn't ever really evolve. Bond doesn't ever evolve in the series. That's actually like the thing. That's the, that's the kind of the main attract, uh, attraction, at least for the fans of Bond. And I'll get to, if I'm actually a fan of James Bond after this, but he never really grows at all during the series. So it's kind of like you're trying to make him do this sort of like 180, but it's too abrupt. It's that's too, that's too an abrupt a thing to have people actually like, because the people who are fans of bond, I don't think are not necessarily not going to be receptive to a woman playing bond so much as a, just a complete change of character. Right. Because whether you like it, like is, uh, you know, with bond being a woman, you know, one would think that you, you know, probably shouldn't have a woman 
also being woke up. But I guess maybe if you want to be a little bit more progressive, maybe you should, you know, uh, that perhaps a woman can just be as much of a womanizer as, as you know, any sort of male bond. But, but all in the same breath, <clears throat> the reason why they're doing it is not because they're trying to be progressive. It's simply because they just are trying to sell tickets to a movie, right? So if they're thinking, if the, if the thought is, oh, this is a step in the right direction. No, what would be a step in the right direction is that you write a, a part for a woman who perhaps is similar to Bond, but is dis- different <laughs> than, than Bond. So, so that person in that role can create its own legacy. You know what I mean? Um, because the legacy of Bond is just the legacy of like Bond as we've sort of known him. It's just this old white or, you know, middle-aged, I guess, white dude, you know? Um, and, and I have no problem with him changing, but you know, that's not, if you're, if you're thinking you're changing something or you're attempting to change something in society's viewpoint, you're not, you're, that's not because you're never going to be able to sort of override that history of Bond with anything that you do afterwards, you know? And that's like the thing with Bond is that Bond's just always Bond, you know? Um, he's always just been this fucking dude, you know? And then to kind of flip that on its head, it's like, going through all that trouble it's like why not just make a new legacy so you can you can have somebody who can have their own legacy separate from bonds you know um not because the the bond legacy is so cherished and 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 shouldn't be interrupted but because it's almost impossible to have something that can really be given a chance if it's still married to to the past and and with anything that comes out and bond, like it's always going to be compared to the past. It's always, you know, you're 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 always going to have those previous Bond films there, you know. So why not just create something new, you know, to to have its own legacy, you know? Jason Bourne has its own legacy. It's obviously marketably different than, than a lot of the Bond movies, at least maybe not the Daniel Craig movies, but the movies that preceded Daniel Craig. Um, but uh, James uh, or Jason Bourne has its own legacy, right? It wasn't, you know, uh, here's, you know, uh, uh, another iteration of Bond. This was something that perhaps is similar to Bond, but has its own legacy, you know? Um, and so anyways, so I, I kind of partially agree with him that I, I I don't really care if, if, if Bond, you know, uh, becomes a woman, but I'm saying do the same, you know, write a role for a woman, that is just as good as Bond, you know, or, and I have my opinions on whether Bond's actually good or not. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I don't particularly think that, especially like a lot of the earlier films, I look hot take. Uh, I, I think a lot of those films are just trash. I look, I know, I know, I hear the booze. I hear them. Boo. I hear them already. Uh, I just, they're just so long and just so boring and just, just like in every conceivable way, like, uh, you know, the action's boring, the dialogue's boring, the plot's boring. I loved them when I was a kid, but only because my dad, like, kind of forced me to love them, right? We had, like, every fucking Bond movie, and I was constantly told, this is awesome. And then you go back and you watch the movies, you're like, holy shit, this is just painful to watch to sit through some of them were good don't get me wrong some of them were good um like i always like moonraker i always thought uh even though you know you could talk about the racial aspect of it but i always thought um uh um oh god what is it and i can and i can hear the actual theme in in my uh live and let die i always thought live and let die was 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 kind of dope even though you know it's kind of uh, takes advantage of the black uh, black expectation um you know film genre uh and you know what else uh the daniel craig movies i thought were were all in all as a whole i thought they were pretty good uh but everything kind of before that was was, was kind of trash i know I, I we lived with um uh oh man what's his name now I want to forget his name. Um, not Daniel Craig, but uh, who's the '90s Bond? Uh, the '90s Bond, '90s Bond uh, was Pierce Brosnan. That's I knew Brosnan, but I was trying to look for the first name. Um, I thought the, those were mixed bag. Um, the world is not enough. I thought was was at least I haven't watched it in, in decades, but uh, I loved that movie at least as a kid. Um, and 
then GoldenEye obviously will always have a special place uh, for me. But uh, kind of everything after that is kind of a train wreck. Um, Tomorrow Never Dies was meh. Uh, and then God awful die another day was just should just be taken out back and shot and just never spoken of again. Um, but, uh, but anyways, to, to some, uh, to sum it all up though. Um, yeah. Uh, bond as a whole, um, it doesn't really matter whether it's a man or woman out, but that's missing the point uh, of if you're, if, if this is, you know, if, if, if our, if movies are becoming a little bit more sort of progressive and we want to really sort of hammer that home, then forget about doing another bond. That's just, you know, a, a woman or, or that's irrelevant, write a role for a woman. that's just as good as, 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 as a bond film. Like, you know, instead we're getting, you know, these movies like, uh, atomic blonde or, um, the movie that came out with, uh, Kate, uh, I think it was, um, Kate Beckinsale, um, recently, uh, let me see what this movie was called. Give me a sec here. Let's see. This movie was called Jolt. Yes, this movie was Jolt. And Jolt was just terrible. It was a terrible movie. <laughs> just bad along all lines, right? Um, you know, so I don't know. I, I think the quality of the movie matters. And I think if you give a, a woman um, a role or you write a role for a woman that's, and, and I'm not even going to say as good as Bond, better than Bond because I think you can definitely get a better than those Bond movies. Um, I think you can do it nowadays. Uh, and I don't think you have to do that within the context of Bond. I think you can do that separately from Bond and still have it be successful, you know? Um, but you just have to be able to kind of, uh, be willing to, to do that. And I think that goes for not just, you know, just, just women, but, but, uh, everybody who's sort of underrepresented in films, just write the roles, just write it better <laughs> um, than, than what it historically uh, ha- has been at um, uh, or, you know, has been given, you know, to, to other um, sectionalities. Um, just do them better than what they've historically been done as, or, or give them more than what they've uh, historically have gotten. And, you know, and I think, you know, black Panther was like, Oh my God, you know, we, you know, this movie is, is doing great. Shang-Chi, oh, this movie is doing great. We can't believe it. Oh, this is correct. Maybe we should, this isn't an experiment. Maybe we should. And it's just like, what the fuck are like, yeah, cause it's fucking dope. Like what the, <laughs> why are you shocked that these movies are doing well? It's fucking dope. So of course we're going to like it. Like, what do you think? We're going to be like, well, it doesn't have like a white guy as like the main protagonist. So, you know, I would like it, but fuck, what are you going to do? Um, anyways, uh, so, uh, so yeah, anyways, um, I don't really have a problem with what, um, Daniel Craig said. I don't think that the media phrased it or, or has been phrasing it well. What they have been doing is creating clickbait by, phrasing it in such a way that you think that Daniel Craig's like, yeah, just fuck women. And I, I, they don't deserve to be bond, but that's not at least from my reading of what he was saying. That's not what his feelings are. His feelings are look done. Like forget about bond, just make a dope role for, for a woman. And and that would make much more sense. I'm in the camp of whether you make bond woman or not is, is kind of immaterial at this point, just write better roles for women, period. Right. Uh, but anyways, um, moving on um actually you know what i might just leave it there i might just leave it right there you know what let's do one more let's do one more fuck it fuck it i'm feeling good feeling good um look disney uh disney's got some (laughs) disney's Disney, you know what Disney is like right now? I'm trying to think of a proper metaphor for this. Uh, Disney right now is like, they're like that student in school who got caught cheating on their test. And it's just in consummate denial of the cheating. It's like, dude, I, you, you, you had the fucking, the, the mirror on your foot. You know, we, we saw you, we caught you, you know, um, 
you know, or you we saw the answers written down on your hand. Like we got we got you literally like red handed. You know, <laughs> we've got you. And the kids, I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't do anything wrong. Nothing's wrong, right? Um, and for those who don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, I'm talking about their the current pending lawsuit with uh, uh, Scarlett Johansson um, about uh, Black Widow and the her compensation for Black Widow because. Black Widow was released, uh, and it was released obviously post in our in our in our, in our current COVID scenario. But it was released both on uh, in theaters as well as uh, on Disney Plus. But uh, what that did was kind of fuck up uh, Scarlett Johansson's figures as far as what she was supposed to receive from the film, because not only was she supposed to receive her base salary, but she was also supposed to receive a certain percentage of the. Um, uh, the gross from the movie, um, you know, from, from theaters, um, after, after it was released in theaters. And of course those percentages were all fucked up because, uh, because it was released on both, uh, in theaters as well as on Disney plus. Um, so they, apparently her camp was trying to get things sort of reworked before it was released on Disney plus, but Disney was having none of that saying basically like, uh, new phone who this, um, and just paid her 20 and then i'm pretty sure they paid her at least some amount uh out of what you know the uh, uh theatrical gross was from the film but not anywhere near what she would have been uh she would have made uh in ordinary times i say all that to say that this past tuesday uh so bob chapik who is of course the ceo of disney and uh Kind of new on the job. He's a little green on the job because uh, uh, Bob I, um, uh, Iger uh, was the previous CEO and he sort of handed that off. But as soon as he did, basically COVID happened and things got kind of went sideways for, for Disney. Um, but uh, so he was speaking to Goldman Sachs nonetheless. And all great speeches are given to Goldman Sachs. Whenever you want to just hear something that is just great and warms your heart, you listen to anybody giving a speech at any point in time to Goldman Sachs and, you know, you you, you probably won't feel great about yourself afterwards. You probably feel terrible. But um so he was speaking at some sort of Goldman Sachs some shit and he said this. Uh, he said we've got uh, a deal that's conceived under a certain set of conditions that actually results in a movie that's being released in a completely different set. So there's a bit of a reset that's going on right now and ultimately we'll think about that as we do our future talent deals and plan for that and make sure that that's incorporated uh Chappick said uh, but now uh, but right now we've got uh we've got sort of this middle position where we're trying to do right by the talent i think the talent's trying to do right by us and we're just sort of figuring out our way to bridge the gap um and so, yeah, so basically that that was all fucking CEO speak for, um, yeah, uh, we don't want to have to pay you for this shit because we don't think we have to pay you. So yeah, there's that. Uh, and you feel the way you do. We feel the way uh, we do, you know, this is basically like the, 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 uh, it's basically like the embodiment of I'm sorry you feel bad <laughs> is exactly what this is. I'm sorry you feel that way. Uh, it's not like an apology. It's not like a, oh shit, we fucked up, whatever. Like, it's just, yeah, well, you know, you think I did something bad and it's just like, okay, but we didn't, you know, according to us. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, so he says this and, uh, and, and and they pretend as if their talent is the most important asset, as as is also quoted in this uh, this Hollywood Reporter uh, article. Um, but in truth, they're not. They're not to you. Otherwise, you would have tried to renegotiate with Scarlett Johansson on the back end of COVID, right? That uh, when you knew that you were going to release Disney Plus on streaming platforms as well as in theaters you have the opportunity to then go back and renegotiate with Scarlett Johansson. Like, look, circumstances have changed. We're not going to be able to honor, you know, or, or your, your, the amount that you're going to be receiving for this film is going to be drastically different because uh, we're now having to release this on Disney plus 
uh, as well as in theaters, which, you know, uh, whether it was in the contract or not in the contract, what they do have is precedent, right? And for all of the previous Marvel films that they put out, they, for the most part, put them all out in theaters. That Black Widow was essentially the only, the only uh, um, uh, different uh, model that they, that they, that they used. And obviously that's because of COVID, but in that case, you have to then go back to the talent and say, okay, this is what it is. And we're going to renegotiate things. And, and how we kind of know that this is true, um, uh, how we, how we sort of know that this is true is because of, uh, that they did this with, uh, I believe that they did this with, um, the rock and Emily Blunt with, um, uh, jungle cruise. Uh, I believe that's what they did. And they seem to not want to do that with Scarlett Johansson. And so anyways, so, you know, I, I only bring this up to say that, you know, uh, Disney's some shit, dude, <laughs> not just because of this whole scenario, but because of even how they've even handled the scenario. Like they just, you know, it was so fucking weird to see them do some shit with, uh, or come out and make statements about Scarlett Johansson on the back end. Um, basically saying like, oh, well, we paid you this month, so you should basically just shut the fuck up. Um, the fuck is that shit, you know? Um, and so, I don't know, man. It's all it's a big fucking mess, and, and these comments don't make it any better. They just make it somehow even worse um, that he's basically saying, yeah, we're sorry, well, we're sorry you feel bad, you know, about it, but uh, we still don't give a shit. Um, <laughs> you know, and I'm sure that they'll probably, you know, this will probably end up in, like, arbitration or, or, or you know, go to settlement or some shit like that. But uh, I don't know. Disney's fucking up right now, man. They need to figure this shit out. Um, and it, it's curious how they're saying they're going to try to fix things for the future because it's like, well, how do you fix something like this for the future? Because do, do you, like, I'm sure Disney's not coming from the viewpoint of, oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna blanketly re, um, uh, restructure contracts in the, in the case of some sort of you know crazy you know, uh, world event or something like that. That's going to prevent us from potentially putting these, these films out. No, they're going to try to screw the talent somehow, you know, out of any sort of recourse that they might have in saying that they're owed a certain amount, uh, if plans are to change, you know? And so I think that they're just going to try to tighten the, 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 the bolts on that. Um, but yeah, in any event, look guys, I'm getting the fuck out of here. All right. I got, I got things that need to be done. Um, but it's been fun. It's been fun to chop it up. Uh, so rain actually could have made it uh, a little bit at the end here, but we figured that, you know, it's the end of the show. So fuck it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get him back in the building next week. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, until then we appreciate you guys watching. If you have watched, uh, uh, we appreciate you, but hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, hit that share button, share this shit with anybody and everybody who, uh, who you think can benefit from it, which of course is everybody. Um, with that being said, I think, um, I'll go ahead and hit the very usual protocol fade out. Peace.